I mean, look, I have Big Mark, you know, on the podcast. Finally, honestly, it's been a minute trying to get y'all on here. But you know what? It is what it is. We're here now. And I'm just so happy to be able to, you know, talk with you about all of these interesting things that I know, like, very much, you know, take up our mental space and, you know, things that we be trying to figure out just as people. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited to kind of have you on here and to, like, share your perspective with others and, you know, hopefully help sort of drive um, new experiences or points of curiosity for people. So how are you doing? How's life in in the Midwest? Good show. Uh, first, let's say thank you for, you know, bringing me on here. I am very honored. You feel me? be doing big things. So appreciate that. But um, yeah, life in the Midwest. Uh, I'm right here just visiting. You know, I've been in California working for the past like six months uh, for a company called Dinner. So that's been pretty nice. It's a big shift. You know, I don't really like like growing up in Michigan. You get used to the cold, but then you go to, you know, California and you just like, oh, no, I ain't, I ain't mess with that no more. You feel me? So I did not feel good when I came back and saw the snow when I got off the plane, bro. I feel I feel it's interesting how our bodies acclimate, but it's like being people of color. It's like we're supposed to be in warmer environments. It's just that for whatever reason, we out here in the cold, like for what? You feel me? Yeah. You know, my melanin love the sun. So exactly. Gotta suck all that up. Exactly. Exactly. You know, how is life in Cali? Like, how is it working for Danaher actually being an engineer for real? Like, what do you what do you do over there? You know? <laughs> So, so it's pretty nice. I am in a rotational program right now. I work in manufacturing. Uh, I graduated, you know, from U of M, Go Blue, with a degree in industrial operation engineering. So, um, in manufacturing, right now, I just got into my second rotation. Uh, it's four four roles. I'm kind of like doing capacity planning, and so just kind of learning like what all like the functionality and operations kind of like go into having like a successful uh, operation for manufacturing. And so it's very, it's very Excel based. Uh, I work on a day to day basis, kind of fighting fires. Uh, my last role was what we call like a DBS, Dinner Business System Leader, but it's basically I was a continuous improvement engineer. So we just kind of like helped each department with whatever we need to like just further on, like kind of meeting our goals in terms of our output. So, uh, but the capacity planning I'm working on, just basically like allocating materials to our lines so that way that we just like run it efficiently to meet our uh, metrics. So, interesting. It's been pretty nice. Yeah, it's super interesting. Like when you hear how other companies define engineering roles, because I feel like it is very like different from like company to company. But it's like we're all engineers, and we all sort of like come back to this basic of like you're either EE, ME, you know, chemical, IOE. Um, but really the, the title and industry can be so many different things because really what matters is just that you have like this very fundamental engineering mindset and it can be applied to like so many different things, which is kind of interesting because it's like, what is an engineer is such a hard then question to answer because it's like, it depends on who you ask, you know? And I think a lot mm -hmm. of the time, like even the perceptions we have about engineers and what they do can be so skewed depending again on who you ask. Because for some people, it's like, yeah, they're really doing theoretical research and then you have others that are really looking at systems as a whole and like making systems more efficient and like I feel like manufacturing is one of those like things that are unseen that should be seen more because I feel like as mm -hmm. consumers like of, of anything like in order to even have a thing there needs to be a manufacturing process but often like in business like we hide all of that because we're like oh the customers don't care like they don't need to know how the you know the bread gets made but like to me I'm like yeah I want to know like I want to know the people that are involved in making that happen like and when you were talking about like capacity planning that is such a huge like problem in it of itself to solve because it's like how do you determine how much stuff to make when you don't really know how many people are gonna buy and then you mm -hmm. also don't know like how much is that stuff going to be available how much it's going to cost you know thinking about how do we even get it to the factory you know to then use it and making sure the people that are using it know how to use it properly like there's just so right. many things that can like screw it up like i'm curious do you have to do a lot of six sigma stuff in manufacturing because a lot of it is just like understanding the data of like how to improve these processes and make them more lean and agile with like the the changes of like our the american economy and supply chain constraints and all that yeah six sigma is a huge portion uh especially if you wanted to be able to handle like all of the the like the factors 
you know, going into having a smooth operation. And when you talked about like, you know, thinking about uh, how do we get materials and then like, how do we efficiently use those materials, right? You're looking at like the efficiency of your machines. You're looking at the efficiency of the people, right? A portion of like uh, an engineer could essentially like be a human factors engineer, right? So you're not even working with technology, but you're just working with people, you know, in the facility. So it's a way we can have like the best operation. So uh, like I said, like you're, you're always taking in data from all different type of angles, right? And just taking a holistic picture of, okay, how do everything contribute to us, like, you know, running efficiently? So I would say I, I did a lot of Six Sigma, like lean manufacturing uh, practices for my role, for sure. I feel it. I feel it. Like I had to take it for just like, I was like, oh, I want to learn, you know, I was like, oh, they're giving mm -hmm. trainings. Let me do it. And then I was like, oh my God, like, oh, two yeah. weeks intensive course of just like speak. statistics. I was like, oh, yeah. why, Lord, why? Yeah, it's super data-driven. It's super data-driven. I know. And it's interesting because it's like, I feel like in college, they don't emphasize data enough and like how much data like engineers are really creating, like in order to really allow us to understand these systems. And I feel like that's kind of our bottleneck right now in like all industries is like, how do we handle all of this information that we're making and actually like figure out what is the story here something that's more intuitive to like how humans understand things because numbers are cool but like, i'll be real like looking at them excel sheets is just a pain in the head like i hate to do it i hate to have to process data but it's like once it's processed and it's in a forum that like can then allow you to look at trends and look at like much more meaningful you know like analysis across different product lines across different just like suppliers you can start to notice things that are like oh my god like this is our issue right here you know it's this mm -hmm. you know vendor on this line that's not changing the tool quick enough that's resulting in these yield results that are impacting how much money we can make because therefore we're now wasting all of these you know prototypes or bills because well you know the line wasn't doing what it was supposed to and these are all things that people don't see that like contribute yeah. to waste and it all costs money. And it's just like, I don't know, it blows my mind sometimes how much like things cost to engineer. And then you go to the store and they're like, oh, you know, it's a thousand dollars, but or like a couple grand for like big systems that Danaher, you know, I can make or even more than that. What am I saying? A couple grand, probably thousands of dollars. <laughs> so, yeah, there's just so much to data that just like goes behind all of this to like really assess quality and assess like, are we really hitting the bar so that we can right. sell a product that is reliable, that allows our customers to build trust with us, that really like makes this something that is like worth the price tag that we're asking customers. And I don't know, like all of it comes down to like compliance documents and policies. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I feel like these are all things that you don't, at least like I wasn't super aware of, you know, in college. But then, you know, when they talk about, oh, like you should join IEEE or join these things. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Because these are the people that are making all of the standards that dictate how we're supposed to go about building things so that yeah. it, you know, aligns with like what's best for society, at least as of today, you know, with what we know. But mm -hmm. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely unbearable. But that's why it's just like it's great to be able to like work in a team, right? Because it's, that's what it takes. It takes a exactly. lot of effort from everybody, you know? So. I know, like that tribe, um, which is like you need it. Like it's impossible to do it all by yourself. And like that's that thing, the beauty of engineering is like working on a team. And I'm curious, like going into career versus like, you know, when you first were thinking about being an engineer. Um, what even like got you interested in this sort of like field of like manifestation? Because mm -hmm. to me, that's what I think of engineering as it's like a means of implementing ideas and creating, taking something that's a vision and actually bringing it into the real world. Um, yeah. What sort of sparked that curiosity for you? All right. So it's like kind of growing up, I would say I was like very like, you know, what they say in a in the community like this child was gifted in a sense right and i always had that app for technology kind of like exploring science and going to career fairs or like science fairs and learning the code and that nature and that's just like from being like little and always like all throughout my education and life and so the essential purpose for me getting into it was to make an impact right and to do something to where i can utilize that that uh curiosity 
and you know my my ability to like problem solve and you know work with technology to kind of like make an impact on people's lives so i wanted to be an engineer because of the fact that like i was like very much interested in like robotics like i was on a part of the robotics team when i was in high school uh i did like my mentors growing up they kind of put me in that path to get into stem right because they saw the potential in me like very high achieving student uh and had a good interest in you know like video games and coding so it's like from going to a lot of camps and doing the stuff in after school programs it pushed me to want to be in the field so that's kind of like why i want to be an engineer but you know prior to actually being an engineer like I had this sense of like, okay, I just want to go and kind of like build a product or make some type of uh, like some company organization, right? That's like producing some some very innovative. But like then getting into the field, right? It kind of it shifted. Like now I'm I'm trying to be an engineer to do it to be an outlier uh, because uh, you understand that not a lot of people who are engineers look like me, right? So I kind of want to be that face for those other people growing up to be like, hey, like engineering is cool. Engineering is something that you can do uh, coming from our community. Now for a message from our sponsors. Thank you for supporting this podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, share it with a friend and leave us a review. It 100% helps us grow this podcast and get our message out there to help and inspire others. Have thoughts or opinions you want to share? Join the conversation on Anchor or on Spotify. I love to hear from you all and I can't thank you enough for your support. With that, let's get back to the good stuff. Yeah, I guess like are there were there a lot of people like that were practicing engineers in Michigan that you could talk to to kind of like understand what the actual experience of an engineer is? Because at least for me growing up, like I always sort of had like like you said, this idea of an engineer, which is someone that makes products that can really impact people. And it was sort of from this like the sci fi influence of like you know, Marvel and like, you know, Tony Stark and just like the work that he did was like, oh my God, that's engineering. I want to do that. That looks super cool. Um, but I never really had someone that was like actually doing it in my, you know, backyard that I could be like, hey, like, can you actually tell me what the day in the life is? And like, what, you know, what does it actually mean to be in a field of engineering? Um, which mm -hmm. I think isn't really captured so much, you know, in the movies, <laughs> but, you know, for yeah. good reason. <laughs> so... Yeah, and I, I'm glad you said that because, like, I did see, you know, like, Iron Man and all these other heroes or people that was, like, super, like, super duper, like, tech geeks, and they were just doing this extraordinary stuff, and, but and in my community, so I was born in Flint, and I was raised in Saginaw, Michigan, there really wasn't too many people that could, like, like tell me about, like, what engineering really was or take me through their life as an engineer. And I would say, like, those communities are under-resourced, so we didn't even really have too many programs to where we could get a good sense of what, you know, engineering is or, like, stuff in STEM, right? We kind of, like, were, like, late bloomers in that, right? Because we had to fight and do a lot to get resources, to get funding in our schools to offer programs like robotics or, uh, like, science Olympiad programs or uh, just extracurriculars, right? So outside of just typical sports, you know, or like arts, so. Yeah, I can imagine. And I'm curious, like, so when you decided to go to Michigan and study engineering, um, how was it sort of finding the resources to even make that like feasible or like make it, you know, less of a financial burden to be able to go to such a prestigious school like that? Because I know for a lot of people, like, even pursuing an, you know, a degree in engineering is just very intimidating just in the academic process of trying to even get into an engineering program. And for a lot of kids, especially, you know, minorities, they might just feel like, you know, that's not for me, you know, like engineering is not cool. Like I want to be something that's cool. I want to be, you know, I want to have clout, you know, I want to be someone that like, you know, is respected. And sometimes engineers are looked at as more as like just nerdy, you know, people that are awkward, they're very silent. Mm -hmm. They don't really... Mm -hmm 
tell you what they think. And I feel like that does engineering a disservice because engineers should be, to me, the loudest people in the room because they're the people that understand reality the best. And Mm -hmm. it's unfortunate that a lot of the times, like, coolness isn't something that is synonymous with engineering, but it's, like, something that I want to really help shift that narrative because I think anybody can be an engineer and it's really just you know what you said coming back to this place of like are you curious about the world are there problems that you see in your community that you want to solve um and how can engineering just give you the tools empower you as a person to be able to figure out how to then solve that problem you know and honestly I didn't even know of the prestige of like Michigan's engineering program before I got accepted to go there like I felt like when I when I recollect to high school and like the process of like you know applying for college I kind of was just just kind of riding this high of like I'm that person like it was some confidence it wasn't arrogance but I just like had this feeling of like I'm gonna be good no matter what and I, I think about times where in uh, in one of my classes right I had to do uh essay of just like a college preparatory essay and I didn't get like an A on my essay. I got like a B minus. And my friend Jakari got like an A on his his assignment. But I ended up using that essay and I actually got into Michigan and he got deferred, right? So it was like, I mean, it wasn't still like arrogance, but like I still like was on this high. And then I actually received the full ride scholarship to Michigan. Uh, uh, I attended Arthur Hill High School and little people know Arthur Hill is actually the person that they named the Hill Auditorium after. And so our high school in Michigan had like close ties. Our football helmets even used to be the same as the Michigan Wolverine football helmets. You feel me? And so uh, I I knew that they had it set up to where we had a couple of uh, students go to Michigan, you know, on scholarship from every class. And it was two people who went and me and my friend Cruz from our class. So I still like was just like on this this wave and I was just like going with the flow and I'm like, oh snap. I, and one day I got a letter in the mail like, hey, you got this Hale scholarship, right? And there was a new scholarship for people who came in like uh, low income, like impoverished cities, you know, and, and schools that weren't necessarily like prestige. So, I mean, I got that and I got a full ride and I just kept going like with the flow. And it was a thanks to my, uh, my principal, Mr. Foldy, like he, he had access or he went um, and he was studying. Uh, he did his uh, like graduate, what is it called? Dissertation mm. on on kind of like uh, getting resources to those uh, like uh, communities, like school, the public schools. And he was the one that introduced me to like basically the robotics program. He introduced me to IB, like international baccalaureate uh, programs and just trying to like make sure I had a resume to be a top competitor to get into Michigan. Right. And so thanks to him, he like kind of put me on the track to go there. And so he really was the one to like, you know, lay down the foundation, bring resources to the school and I had him to me to utilize to and better myself to be able to like get a full ride to go to Michigan. So that's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting, like when you have communities that really are trying to build and create, you know, create opportunities for exposure. I think it's really interesting because then that really shapes like where we find our passions and you know like when we have that support it makes it easier for us to kind of go out and you know achieve our dreams and that's so incredible i had no idea that arthur hill was hill auditoriums (laughs) that's so interesting i guess like how was it then when you came to michigan and you recognize like oh crap like okay like they're not kidding this is like a legit engineering program like these people are not playing games like they have lingo like weeder classes you know that his job is to get rid of students um because it's all about leaders and the best and to me like i don't know when i came to michigan it was really a shock um just from the academic like uh just competitive nature but even just like the the way that the teachers were like i expected at least more of them to be very supportive and making sure that everybody understood the material but really it was just like i'm gonna teach this you either get it or you don't and if you don't you get cut yeah that just means you weren't good enough you know and that's sort of like the lens that they they put out of like well if you're struggling that's your fault you don't deserve to be here and you should figure it out. And we're not really going to, you know, do much else other than like, well, you should go to office hours and you should talk to the GSI. But 
not necessarily works with how everybody learns and you know for me it really like you know when you come in with that like I'm the shit you know and then you get smacked in the face with like well you're barely passing the curve you know yeah. it kind of just like humbles <laughs> the ego like real quick of like oh my god like am I the shit like why am I even here you know like oh my god like this is this is not what I thought like Tony Stark like is this what you were going through bro because I didn't see that in the movie you know <laughs> Right, I'm curious, right, right. yeah, like how was the reality of like becoming an engineer, you know, after kind of like having this, you know, um, veil built up of like, yeah, like I can do this. This is for me. Um, but then when you see the reality of what it takes, it's like, oof, oof. Man. So it was a huge reality check. And it was like one of the craziest experiences that happened to me. Because, so like I said, growing up, I was in a small pool of people and like i was a very top performer so right i'm thinking like you said i'm this shit like i'm that person you feel me can't nobody mess with me you feel me 4.0 student woo -woo. i'm doing all this exactly gang, gang. You, go to michigan, <laughs> you feel me you go to michigan everybody did that and like everybody was like the class president top of the class right they they come in here some people had their own businesses coming in right some people they they had their own like patents for products coming in like oh they did this like wow some people knew how to code right yeah i've been doing research and shit since high you school i was like finding molecules and i was like oh i didn't man. even know lab was a thing but okay man it's some people in forbes 30 under 30 you feel me like they they freshmen in, in college and you already on forbes this type thing and so it was a huge reality check and like i kind of like you said went through that ego like kind of like a destroyed my ego you know, and it, it, it put me in my place. Like I got knocked off my high horse to where like, hey, you know, like you're really not that person in comparison. Right. And it really made me learn about like comparing isn't really the best thing to do. Right. So you got to it made me narrow my focus on to like really appreciate my story, appreciate my path and to kind of like lock in. OK. All right. The, so what now that I'm here and my education is really in my hands, uh, how I do, how I perform is in my hands. Right. Uh, and I would say like the uh, curriculum in like high school like or like in like just like, you know, K through 12, the like, education was very easy. Like I really didn't have to study, you know, it was very like, you know, here's one plus one. How do you get to one plus one? Right. But when you get to college, it's not just like one plus one. Right. It's more like conceptual and theoretic based. So you got to really like, you know, use your brain. They're like, yeah, we taught you derivatives. Now apply it to this like abstract ass problem you've never heard of about some random thing you didn't even care about. But now you got to right. apply the thing. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what was yeah, given again? I don't remember. <laughs> you feel me? It's a whole new way of thinking. So. It was a very learning, a good learning opportunity, a good learning experience for me, because uh, I had to figure out how I learn, right? Because it wasn't just it, everything didn't just come easy when I got to college. So it was a, definitely a big reality check for me, for sure. And I guess I'm curious, how did you cultivate figuring out how you learn? Because I feel like in that environment. You know, there's not like people really to kind of give you a hand unless you go out and really ask for it or like you seek resources that are there um, to sort of support your educational journey. But if you're not out there or if you're not even aware of them, it can be a very like, isolating, you know, struggle to just like, brute force, you know, getting your engineering degree by yourself. But how did you mm -hmm. how did you go about sort of figuring out how you learn and, you know, getting the support you needed to make it through the program? So what I did was like I did a lot of um, work with people like, you know, so we, you know, bouncing off from each other in study sessions, uh, just like doing actually doing the problems right in uh, going to office hours helped out because I had to learn. I think people learn at a different pace, you know, like I was like, OK, when it comes to actually studying, you, you can't get it just like that. Right. You need to read along with reading. You need to look at a video about it. Along with doing a video, you have to actually do the problem. Right. So it's like I learned to learn in many different ways. And I found that I was best like hands on, like actually doing it. Right. You, you learn the best by experience. And so that's how I kind of like navigated that space, trying to figure out how I was going to like really get through, you know, uh, college. And learn well i feel it i feel it and then what made you decide or like land on ioe because at least like like i didn't even know ioe was an engineering degree and a lot of the time like 
I feel like IOE gets, you know, kind of the shitty end of the stick in terms of like, it's funny, like within engineering, sort of the hierarchy of perceived value of like different engineering degrees. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the time they'll be like, you know, like your chemis and your EEs, they're at the top of like the most psycho obsessed nerds in the world because there's no like studying those degrees is like putting yourself through personal misery. And then mm-hmm. it sort of like gets nice, you know, and then they're like, well, you reach Iowa and it's like, you know, you know, they're like, oh, you know, they're for people that want to study business. Um, but it's like business is a part of engineering. You know, we can't like as much as we have to think about the systems and how they're built. That's not useful if you can't think about the actual structures of building that at scale and thinking about like actually creating yield and like what does it mean to have quality, you know, other than mm-hmm. just designing something that's cute. Um, and I right. think like that's where IOE really shows its power and flex because you don't really get that in like the other, you know, engineering degrees. But I'm curious, like, what did you know that that was what you wanted to land on when you first got there? Or was it sort of like an explorative journey throughout the years at Michigan before you figured out like, you know, what IOE is really what speaks to me I and mean, how my brain works. And I really feel like I can have that impact, you know, that you were talking about through this type of engineering as opposed to like one of the others? Yeah, so IOE kind of was the thing that clicked the most. I have a very entrepreneurial mindset and uh, I think in like org structures, I think a very futuristic, holistic type of view. And I just like, from like freshman year, you know, we had those uh, engineering 101 classes, right? Those introductory courses that kind of let you get a piece or get a little taste of what certain engineering disciplines are. So I did uh, like the solar solar tracker one, and that was like heavy on like, you know, ME, very like coding based. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? This ain't clicking with me, right? But then I was able to like take some like IOE courses and it was talking about like the value of money. And then we, it talked about um, kind of like, uh, order and quantities like that 202 economic decision making like basically whatever like classes that was like introductory IOE courses those are the things that I was like oh I get this like I'm very business oriented right you know when I was growing up I used to like sell candy I used to try to like make bread oh I you know I try to do a lot of stuff to make money so I remember you know that, Mike's chicken and nothing you, you had a lot me? of your little ventures I feel you I feel you, you. Feel me? so I was, I was like you know this is just it makes sense to me right I resonate with this the most so that's what made me think about like okay i can do ioe i i'm i'm great with like business uh business i like business concepts and i i love uh optimization like just trying to improve and you know do stuff better so i was always about trying to do better be better like personally or like being better in the field so yeah. i feel i feel and i guess for like people that don't really understand like what um like what is the like, what do you gain from having a degree? Like, what is the perspective that you leave with once you have, like, a degree in IOE? Can you sort of explain, like, sort of the framework that now you can think of from, like, an entrepreneurial aspect, but really thinking about, like, the process and the system um, that result in that output? How sort of IOE helped you build that framework that, you know, you can now use for tackling, a, you know, a breadth of different types of things, you know? Yeah, I think I really prepare you to to go into any field, like engineering, right, or any industry, because it's the mindset, it's that continuous improvement mindset that you get. And while you're also learning, you also understand, like, uh, the business aspect about it. Like, one thing that they really emphasize is ROI, so, like, return on investment. So, like, like, if stuff is even worth, you know, doing this, like, you learn, like, um, just, like, thinking, like, far ahead, you know, getting to strategic planning and... IOE just kind of sets you up to be a part of any business function because like you're going to be able to say, okay, I can evaluate what's going on now, take this, and I can tell you like where you're going to be, like where the business is going to go in the future, right? So it's good with planning and thinking about strategy. And so, yeah, basically like IOE just kind of like it sets you just sets you up to be in any industry because you, you know like engineering, right? You understand the engineering basics, you feel me? But then you also understand the business part about it, so... Yeah, it's very important, I think, especially if you want to create anything, you really need to understand, like, is it even worth doing? You know, is this something worth pursuing? And like, where are we trying to go? Because like, at least for me, that's something that I think a lot about is like, even as in our society, like, where are we trying to go? You know what I mean? Like, what are our goals? And why are we trying to get there as opposed to somewhere else? And I feel like I don't see enough discussions around that, especially with like our resource management and like where we're trying to just go 
with like just the human civilization? Is it just to, you know, keep on trudging along, working, um, making things, but not really filling the void of, you know, like, why are we making these things, you know, like, and I feel like a lot of the time, like, I don't know, in capitalism, everyone's like, oh, well, for money. Yeah. But to me, like business is only useful because it serves people, right? Like, it's like mm -hmm. us being servers to our communities. And I'm, you know, interested in like understanding more about your, just your perspective of, you know, just life in general. Cause I know like, you know, despite growing up in the Midwest where, you know, maybe there isn't opportunities to be exposed to a breadth of different, just like life philosophies. I know at mm -hmm. Michigan, you know, we really did have the chance to really figure out alternate ways of finding value and understanding like the intersectionality of like different factors that influence our societies and our civilization um, and the things that we should be prioritizing. And at least I sort of left with this more, deepened awareness of like the importance of community, the importance of the environment, the importance of like understanding who we are as just conscious beings and have that influence our voice as engineers and creators. I'm curious, yeah, like sort of how you look at this sort of perspective of having purpose um, in our society and just like how engineering has helped you be, you know, facilitate that in just like the work that you do. Really, uh, I would say my perspective shifted in college. Right? We were able to, we were in a big melting pot of ideas, cultures, backgrounds. And that was like the best thing for me because it was like able to, like you said, help you shape who you are. Uh, figuring out who you are is a life journey. And that was like the start of that journey for me. Because prior to, I was kind of like living this this narrative of like the black kid coming from the hood, right? That's like the one that makes it out and to go out and do whatever, you know? And, but uh, I'm like, I go to college and then I see how like you can really go out and live life, right? Go into business, get into the workforce. But that that's at the end of the day is to, to supplement your pockets, but it's not supplementing like your heart or supplementing like your passion or my passion, right? I saw that um, like leaving leaving my home, which was, really was community, right? Founded on family, founded on morals of like love. You feel me? Founded founded on like uh, like just really love, right? Right. So it's like I left I left out of there, and then I moved on to see like it really wasn't like all of this that we were working towards, like just trying to supplement our pockets, you know. Just, pushing, pushing, like trying to make money and whatever that, that really don't mean like nothing to me, right? I kind of like want to go back and be a part of my community just to like to help people and, and like help them grow and to get to position where they can like, actually learn and who they are. Uh, a lot of times some people like caught up in, in home situations where they really just can't learn who they are because they always got to work to to supplement, uh, do for their family, you know, just to survive, to keep the lights on, you know? And so I'm grateful that I had the chance to go out and just like learn that I'm I'm a very loving being. Like I I preach all the time, kind of just like peace. You feel me? And then strength and peace, uh, because there is a lot of strength and just like kind of like learning that like you know what at the end of the day all this chaos is going on, right? There's a a lot of negative things that happen in the world. Like you can just go out there and pick whatever one you want, you know. But it's like kind of navigating through that and finding like you know peace and and harmony with yourself and like activities that you love to do like being connected to nature um so my worldview shifted from just kind of like grinding grinding trying to get this money so i can get my family in a better situation to how can i just like find peace and be able to be happy in the moment happy with whatever's going on right how have you been able to cultivate finding happiness in the moment? Because I think, you know, like you said, a lot of the time our egos are caught up in this, like, I need to grind, I need to make money, I need to be successful, I gotta be on that Forbes list, you know, I'm trying to be billing it, I'm trying to, you know what I mean, be this tech mogul, represent for my community, do great things, break ceilings. Um, but when you're like sometimes so focused on that destination mm -hmm. that we sort of fabricate, you know, in our minds, like this fantasy of like this success that we need to reach, it robs us of like all of the small little joys that we get to experience in the moment of like 
you know, it's the fall time and the the trees are changing color. And that's so beautiful because it's so vibrant. And it's like nature's letting you know, like, yeah, it's cooling down now. Like we should be going within ourselves, getting grounded. Um, but when we're like caught up on like, no, 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 I need to grind. I need to make money. I need to feed my family. I got to do, you know, all of these things. Um, it takes us away from like being able to connect, you know, and be in the moment because we get so caught mm-hmm. up in like the future, the future, the future, or like crap, I've, you know, messed up in the past. And you just, you rob yourself of like the present, which is like the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that even exists. And yet we like, it's like we're trained like just like you know when we're in high school of like trying to be ambitious and having to prove ourselves to be somebody so that we can fit in in our communities it like robs us in this weird way of like actually being able to enjoy the life that we have which is like to me like the most beautiful part is like we get this opportunity but how many of us are really like taking it in for all that it's worth and not just getting this sort of shallow experience of like what it means to be alive that by the end you're like oh my god like I didn't even like what did I do you know I have stuff but like what is it it means nothing when I'm about to die in a couple hours like you know where where is that everlasting impact of like the touch that you have when you influence your community and you see that impact of like even you were saying like your principal, like he's just trying to help kids grow by him, you know, being in your community, being passionate about, you know, having a positive impact. He touched your life and like allowed you to be able to see things that you wouldn't have otherwise seen, which now unlocks doors that you probably wouldn't have never had because it like puts you, you know, in this framework of like, oh, I can be something more. But when we're caught up in like our individual stories, it's like we forget that it's not just about us. It's about it's everything, you know, and like, I think it we put so much burden on ourselves in that way, too, of like, it has to be all on me. But right. it's like, no, you have a community. <laughs> like, that's, that's why they're there. All right, so, um, yeah, my perspective on yeah. that is like, sometimes I sit and think, I'm like, how, what made me who I was, right? Like, what was, what was the ingredients that, you know, God put together to make me come and realize, like, a lot of stuff, like, in an early, early age? Like, I, I think, like, it's just like who I was, like my being, like I'm an old soul, right? I feel like I've been here before and I was able to learn like lessons of life quicker. Uh, and I look at like those instances, like near death experiences, right? That we all may have and, and going through traumas mm. and be like, oh my gosh, like I'm still here. Like, like I'm still here. And the fact that we're just like witnessing life itself is just a beautiful thing. One quote that I always like kind of think about is like, or one statistic is like, you made it out of like, a tr- like you're one in like a trillion chance of being born you feel me like that in itself is just like wow like and i'm here exactly you know? or or like one time i overheard one of my brothers talking he was like hey man keep your head up because if you got your head down all the time you will be you're gonna miss out on the world right you're gonna miss out on, on just like seeing stuff or and just like seeing how we're blessed in so many different ways you feel me like there's many of like of situations where people just like they just don't have what you have, right? And even if, like, you're in a position, a position, somebody might be in a worse position than you. And so that's like also like about how I'd be graceful. I mean, grateful, and I appreciate the moments. But then uh, also, um, one thing I appreciated was like my experiences with like psychedelics, right, and and stuff like that. Like that kind of opened my perspective to being more inept, like in tap with nature. Uh, learning about like frequencies, learning about like tapping into that energy uh, and realizing what this feeling is, this feeling of like being, you know, like just being in itself. I always was a very motivated, happy, kind of like, hey, it's okay. Like even if you're if you're like trying to motivate, uplift people, I was always that person, even as a kid, like I was giving, I, I helped a lot. You know, I, I was emotional. I felt a lot. I'm a very emotional person. And I see how like that really taps into like you. Like, it's there's something more than like the physical, right? And so I see like mm. through that, what drive, what makes you feel that way? What, how can I take this feeling, and what makes me get this feeling, and how can I put that feeling out? And so that's why like, I just try to like you know do everything that kind of makes me happy or like make other people happy. Uh, but also there's nothing wrong with like experiencing other emotions, right? Because we're beings. And and that's what I recently learned. I recently learned that like 
it, it, everything like and take like taking everything in is in itself is just like is blissful right so uh one thing i don't i don't want to be like going to rants but another thing is my friend no i feel you i go on rants all the time man it's all yeah. okay <laughs> my friend chris he uh introduced me to this book it said like peace is in every step right because i had this thing where you know like when you achieve Pick something con, i feel yeah, you you know when like you achieve something right so like uh for me i i uh one robotics competition we were the first all-black drive team to win a robotics competition in high school we did that i was like okay gang gang i feel I it like, i was like okay what's next after this all right and then all right i graduate high school i go to college um i'm in college i get my degree i did that for my grandmother my grandmother told me she wouldn't be the first i was a, a first generation student so i did that i graduated and after that i was like shit what's after this you know and so i was trying to figure out like, what's after this what's after this am i satisfied am i just keep trying to reach something, reach something. I'm like, like, like I don't want to keep doing that. Right. I'm like, you know what, even though it's not something, it, it could be something after that. It's like, I'm just, I'm good with what it is now. Right. No, I honestly, like everything you said definitely resonates, you know, cause like I totally feel it of like, you know, trying to figure out who you are in like this weird complex place and understanding that there's more than just the physical. I think that is like such a, just a, an awakening moment in it of itself, just to recognize that it's more than just the physical and like what makes our being, like how do we create this identity of self and like what are the layers that sort of construct this, you know, facade that we scaffold our egos to that say this is me and this is not me. Um, it's such an interesting thing. And, you know, it's interesting because I've been really focused on this idea of like community because like I at least I've been trying to figure out like why do I feel sort of this like separateness from my environment, you know, and I realized like, you know, in my meditation group, I try to, you know, be vocal and share how I feel so I can grow, um, which is difficult because it's like being vulnerable and like sharing things that you would rather just keep to yourself. Um, but it's like just dealing with the anxiety of like, like, the reason that I'm so obsessed with like trying to understand like the origins of our consciousness is really because it's like, I'm trying to validate like my experience of self and like this separateness that I feel and the anxiety that I get from that separateness when it's like, I want to be a part, you know, like, like there's this like deep internal need of wanting to be a part of something. And I recognize it's like the community, you know, and like, our whole lives, like we're told that we're like a separate person. We're an individual. We have an individual self. We know we're independent. We make our own decisions. We are in control. We can do it all by ourselves. We don't need anybody like you got you. It's you yourself, you know, and they're like, when you're dead, all you have is yourself. Like, and it created this narrative in my head of like, oh, damn, like I can only depend on myself, which means I have to do everything myself, which means all of my ideas have to come from myself. And like it puts this burden of separation on like who we are as people. And I realized I was like, damn, like, Harsha, why do you need to be separate? Like, why is this like need for isolation, like so ingrained in like everything that you do that it has to be like you, you, you. And I realized it's because that's what I was told you know, my whole life that like I had to be an individual. And if I depended on anybody, that would be weakness. You know what I mean? Because you, you can't depend on them because you only got yourself. But it's like, from the day we're born, we get our identity of self because of our community. We don't give that identity to ourselves. It's given to us as a gift of this realm that we're in, this community, from the name that we're given from the day we're born to like the color of our skin and the narratives that we are told of the stories of the people that came before us that created this identity that we now like have to play into is so powerful. But yet we're always told, like, no, you're an individual, like, it's all on you. But it's like, no, like, literally everything about who we are and what makes us who we are and where we get validation comes from our community. And it's like to be told that you have to be an individual when, like, it's impossible when, like, our literal community, whether it's our human community or, like, biosphere community, we are all connected. And like, when you realize like, like you don't have to do it all by yourself, it takes off this weight of like, damn, like I don't need to be so hard on myself because like I have a community that supports me that is there and will help sort of like me figure out the things that I don't know because I cannot do it all by myself. And it's like having that support. And it's funny because it shows up 
all the time the benefits of being a part of a community where it's like like even when like I can order food, you know, takeout so I don't have to cook. That's me depending on my community, you know what I mean, to be there to support me. Like when it comes to even figuring out what my what I'm interested in, a lot of that is through what others in my community have explored. I can learn from their journey and decide, does that resonate with me? You know, and then from there be like, okay, I want to be a part of that. Um, and just like you said, going back to like who we are and the narrative of like our ancestors and the work that they've had to overcome and like just even understanding like what were they curious about though? Like what were the things that got them passionate about life and like does that show up in me? And it's like it does. It's like in my DNA of like loving nature, loving agriculture, loving people, loving this like wanting to be a part of our tribe that is empowered because we all understand the value of being in a tribe. Like we don't all have to do everything. Mm -hmm. Like you have your partners that can pick you up when you're, you know, when you're down and like support you in the areas that you're weak so that collectively you are stronger than you ever would have been by yourself. Like to me, I don't know. It's been something that's just been like an, an epiphany, but also humbling moment for my ego of like, I don't have to be, everything you know like I have a community that's got me why am I not feeling comfortable enough to give them the space to support me you know what I mean just like I'm trying to create space to support them why am I not giving them space to support me and then it's crazy because it's like but you have you know what I mean like when it's like when you go to schools and you have teachers and you have mentors and you have peers and you have friends that all like influence your perspective and how you look at the world and like that is your community supporting you but there's like always this resistance of like well I can't share that because and then I'm too emotional or I can't say that because then my community is gonna judge me and it's like no like we need to be so in tune with who we are and understand the value of our community mm -hmm. that like we can have this like flow and only then do you really, you know, create opportunities to like grow as a person and really tap into like your dharma and your purpose of like, why am I here? What can I really do that's unique and can really help my community grow? Um, but you can't do that if it's like you are in your own echo chamber all the time. Like, it's just like, it makes you freaking crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm curious what you think about that. Um, Cause yeah, I've, I've noticed that community is so, 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 so important. But like, it's like, we, we like, we tell ourselves we're too strong to have community. You know what I mean? And we're, we're too tough. We don't need it. But that's a lie of the ego. It's a lie of like this narrative of like, we had to be the strong individual. And it's like, maybe I don't want to be strong right now. You know, maybe I just want to be supported, you know, feel grounded. Yeah, definitely. One thing that I know, uh, I've seen that like humans, we don't really like to do stuff where it's out of our control. You know, we like to do stuff that we can control the outcome for. And when you see that, like if, if, if everything is all on you, right then you just like okay i this is because of me right and i know that something's gonna happen just be, like outside of that like i ain't gonna worry about it because it's not in my control but basically like you said like part of that ego it's, it's like telling us that like we all have to be independent right and preaching that from a young age is it's really detrimental to kind of like the narrative of community and i feel as if like community is like really the reason why we are able to get to where we are today right that's exactly. why we're able to sit here and have this conversation exactly. because people came together and they worked on it together and and like even us like our friend our, our friendship like our group of friends like we support each other so much and i've seen how like that has helped us grow in ways that like i wouldn't have thought right so that it's that bouncing of ideas it's that sharing of experiences it's that coming together and it's the a feeling like community gives purpose because you got to think about like, okay, yes, you are an individual. Like there is originality in you. Exactly. Right. Because you, no one else is going to be you. Right? Yeah. You are you. You have your but collective you have of experiences that. that shapes your lens and that will always be unique forever. Right. And, but that you're just a part to a whole, right? You're one like linking the chain of this whole machine that's going round and round, right? And so, like, 
when you try to like separate yourself out of that, then you're throwing off like the rhythm of you know what needs what needs to happen for like stuff to just like to to grow, right? Because like a plant, it, a plant just ain't gonna grow from itself. A plant needs the sun. A plant needs water. You feel me? It needs nutrients from the ground, from the soil, and like looking at that, like it's there's more than just one thing in here that contributes to whatever happens. Like just like growth in general. So I, I've I've seen that this like community gives purpose and. I just had this conversation with my friend Charles. I'm like, you know what, bro? Like, I'm out here. Um, although, like, yes, it's very surface level that I'm not necessarily in a, in a spot where I see people that look like me. But I'm just not in a part or in a place where I feel like I'm a part like in my community, right? Because we have our community uh, people or, like, things that just, like, resonate with me. And I just don't resonate in this space, right? I want to get back to where, I, like, stuff that, like, define my identity growing up, being in in an impoverished community, being in a place where we don't necessarily have resources, but yet we make it with what we have. We innovate. That resilience. And we do what yeah. we have to do to get, to survive. Yeah. Right. I, I, like, that's what resonates with me, right? Not necessarily having it all, but still making it, you feel me, with a small amount, right? And, 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 and like, and what's the opposite of surplus? Scarcity, right? And mm. scarcity, right? So, I, 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 I resonate with that, right? So, I want to be in a like well essentially like we're all one so we're all a part of this the, the community like the human race and so knowing that boiling that down figuring out like okay within that where am i going to be able to still thrive in my community i'm still kind of working on that too like you said like figuring out like like my purpose and community for real, for real. so I, I think moving back home will definitely help me like concrete my role inside the community. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to see what you do for sure. Cause I know like community, especially in regions like that, they need to be developed and cultivated. You know what I mean? I think a lot of it is like giving the energy back to people that have been sort of disempowered um, or don't have any means or like role models within just their surroundings that allows them to break out of this like narrative of like, it has to be all on me and I have to survive and I have to be the strong figure you know, because like one of the things that irritates me, you know, about the narratives that are perpetuated about the black community specifically is that we always have to be strong. You know, we always have to be overcoming mm -hmm. obstacles and trauma and we have to be breaking ceilings. And I'm like, that is exhausting. OK, like I'm so sick of it. I'm like, can these people just relax for once? I can't can our purpose just to be vibe and to have good energy and just to be, you know, able to just be content you know like why does it always have to be like this group has to be grinding you know to achieve something instead of just being able to be content with where we are because I mean I think like diversity is so important in any community but I think diversity we often look at especially in America through this very like singular lens of race you know what I mean or like mm -hmm. religion or like sexual you know sexual preference or like gender identity like they want to look at it through this like one-dimensional lens of like what diversity means but to me like the human experience is diversity at its finest like even two people that look the same share commonalities whether it be racial religious you know who their what their preferences are there's still going to be diversity just because like everyone is cut from a different like kaleidoscope of experiences that's shaped by like where they were born, the experiences that they have, the environments around them, what they are exposed to, that that naturally breeds diversity. But we never talk about that. It's always like, well, diversity of groups, you know, but then to me, that's so like limiting in just our ability to express ourselves as people because like even within the black community there's a lot of stereotypes about what it means to be black and like how to define our blackness and how black people are supposed to act and like you know if you don't listen to this type of music like how could you be black or like oh like this music is just for black people or these experiences are just for this group and i'm like no like we all are different we all have different tastes and to me what whatever it doesn't matter like what you gravitate towards just because you have this sort of melanin you're automatically that is automatically justification for that to be an acceptable black experience right but it's often like they they want to put blinders on like how you're allowed to fluctuate in your experience which to me is so unfair and so limiting to people when like 
our humanity is this gift that allows us to explore. You know, we have diversity of just emotional experiences, but we often hyper-focus on happiness as being the one that we need to sustain and we need to achieve. And like you said, we need to be able to experience all of them and just be able to be with all of them because they each have something to teach mm-hmm. us. Like anger shows us boundary. It shows us pain. It shows us trauma. You know what I mean? Jealousy shows us like where we're grasping, clinging, and wanting. You know what I mean? Like fear shows us where we have room to grow. And happiness shows us things that just, you know, express and bring up love, bring up excitement, bring up curiosity. But it's like when we just focus on happiness, sometimes I'm like, well, that robs you, you know, of just being able to be human and to just explore and figure out what your life is for you without it having to be sort of defined in these like boxes. Um, But it's like, yeah, often we like think our communities only have to look one way when I'm like, we can have multiple communities. Like to me, there should be infinite number of communities that we can be a part of and contribute to without it being sort of like a singular thing because of narratives that like other people put on us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I would say like being a black male in America is definitely like, like you don't really know about those biases until like you experience that and you just like grow up, right? And so one thing I've thought about like with like particularly to the black experiences, right? With race, it's just like injustice. And uh, that kind of, like, you know, play a role in how I look at the world. And but still knowing that, like, that is basically like a construct, not a construct, but basically like something that we ourselves, we made this issue. Right. Because we want to have a hierarchy over people because of like the one commonality is a, a group of people with their skin. But that's not necessarily the best thing to like to like utilize in terms of just like us being a collective. So I don't really appreciate like all of the, the racial biases that uh that we have against people and stereotypes you feel me my friends will tell you i always used to say like what is normal right what is what is this normal why why do we have to like kind of like generalize everything and and make it as one thing whatever like we like you said earlier we live in a complex world like this, this complex thing like of life that we call and and it's like knowing that it doesn't have to be like everything it doesn't have to look the same or be the same itself kind of like pushed me to not really care about kind of like living to be this typical image of like a black person right because i always say like i had alt alt alternate uh, perspective like i didn't necessarily like always listen to rap music right i grew up listening to dubstep edm you feel me i like sad boy music r&b you feel me but it's not just like rap hip-hop it wasn't my thing right uh, a lot of people like I dance, I smile. Even a lot of a lot of black men feel like they gotta have this like hard face and just like you know keep this this dominant exterior. But uh, you can let down your guard at times. Although yes, we do live in a world where that's necessary, right? You live in a world where you have to play a role. You feel me? Just to survive. But you just gotta figure out when and where can I like let down my guard and just like express joy, express happiness, right? And uh, not have anything associate with the, the biases and norms that other people like to place on you. Yeah. It's, it's always someone else throwing their judgments at you or throwing their expectations of what your life should be. But it's like, nah, man, I'm just trying to be me because, you know, through my experiences, I figure out who I am and what I resonate with. So, like, I'm not this person, so. No, I think that's so beautiful. Just because, like, it's been interesting. I've been trying to figure out, like, like you said, like, who, who am I, right? Like, what am I? And it was funny, like, our, our meditation instructor asked, like, are you your body? You know, like, is your body who you are? Like, and it was like, it was from the lens of like, well, yes and no, like, your body is sort of this thing that you move around, but you're not thinking about, like, all of the cells that contribute to you to be able to have this body, all, like, the micro organisms that live in your gut that allow you to digest food so that you can have the vitamins that you need to have this body and like those things they they grow and they die you know through their own natural cycles and they're not holding on to this attachment of like I'm a cell and I need to be here for eternity no like they're going through their natural flow to support your growth And it's like interesting sometimes when I feel like our identities that we cultivate, you know, through just like the things that we hear in our society, the uses of language and how that sort of creates narratives in our head, 
um we get so like fixated to like our bodies as like the the vessel of self um but it's like when you really look deeper than that you're you're more than your body and you're actually like have depth to your experience that you're not even aware of because you're like looking at life from this narrow lens of like I, 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 instead of like when you take a step back and you really just observe your experience, you observe sort of like the sensitivities that we are in tune with, whether it be light, sound, tactile, and like thoughts, um, you realize that there's like someone else peering behind the looking glass that's looking through life from your eyes, from your lens. And everybody has that person that's peering and then you wonder like who is that person that's peering and then you're like oh my god that's the one and you're like bah. brain meltdown <laughs> you know you're just like oh my gosh what it's there and you can see it you can like everybody can see it and that's like the crazy thing it's not like something that a priest you know is holding in the temple that only the priest can know like this is an aspect of our nature that everyone can see but like because we get so accustomed to like what we see on the outside which is so funny because like as engineers like and scientists the thing that we value is objective reality but we never take like the tools that we use to study objective reality and flip it and look within our subjective experiences because we say like oh our subjective experiences are our own they don't matter they're not quantifiable therefore we cannot you know study our subjective experience but it's like you can you totally can and like for me meditation is the way in which we study our subjective experiences and like gain deep insight from it and one of them is the idea of impermanence the idea of oneness that really brings back this like concept of like community and that we are a part of like you said like that link in a chain like and that chain will only be strong if each link understands its purpose if each link understands its power if each link understands its role then like that link will be so strong that nothing can break it we're like in this weird time where our links are just they 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 rust in you know they they low-key not holding they hold it together but yeah. it's like mm, i think we need <laughs> to reinforce here um but i feel like through conversations like this like it can kind of at least give people a place of curiosity from which to look within themselves and realize like oh my god like i am a part of this community and like what do i want to do with it you know what do i what do i want my sort of my flavor my mark to be to really improve the strength of the chain um, instead of worrying so much about my one link, you mm -hmm. know? I feel that. Well, one thing I wanted to, th to say was, like, you were talking about the cell, right, and how they just, like, yeah, within you, they're, like, you know, uh, growing and dying at the same time. And what thing that came to me was just, like, that kind of resembles change, right? And, like, without without death, there's, like, without death, there would be no life without life. There would be no death, right? There's this part of the whole yin and yang to find a balance, to find harmony. And so I look at that, right? So that's why I always try to take the good and the bad in my experiences. I try to be okay with like stuff going wrong, right? Because that's a learning opportunity. It's not the end. And even like death itself is still not the end, right? Because like you said, we, we think about our body and this this physical thing this animate thing but like this although this 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 shell will one day like be gone i will leave behind like ideas i will leave behind like experiences memories right i will leave behind emotions those inanimate things right that we we are like just like think about as concepts but that's like a huge contribution to like the living experience mm. like everything outside of the physical and so uh, i do I, I admire you in like your meditation practices like because for me i meditate and when i do meditate it is to kind of like get out of this this space the reality and to just kind of like feel what like uh what a boundless experience it might be like right mm. and so just to let let myself kind of like blow through space and just like resonate because when i do meditate the things that i think about is uh love you know i think about healing and uh, how did that feel and what does that not necessarily look like but it just like really like how does it 
I don't want to tie it to a feeling, right? Because a feeling can also be physical. No, but what but is yeah. the sensation? Right. Yeah. The sensation of it. 